Welcome to the Erectile Dysfunction Radio Podcast. This is the podcast dedicated to educating and empowering men to address erectile dysfunction, improve confidence, and enhance the satisfaction in their relationships. This podcast is brought to you by ErectionIQ.com. Learn more at ErectionIQ.com. Welcome to the Erectile Dysfunction Radio Podcast. I am Mark Goldberg, Certified Sex Therapist. I am deeply passionate about working with men like you to help resolve their ED. Today we are joined by Dr. Mohit Kara. Dr. Kara is a professor of urology at Baylor School of Medicine in Houston, Texas. He is a widely published author with a focus on sexual dysfunction and reproductive health. Dr. Kara is the incoming president of the Sexual Medicine Society of North America, and we are happy to have him join us on today's episode. Thank you so much for the invitation. Pleasure to be here. So today we want to discuss PD-5 inhibitors. We want to know what they are, how they work, and who they are for. We obviously will not be able to cover every aspect of these medications, but we want to at least explore some of the components. So first of all, Dr. Kara, what are the primary PD-5 inhibitors that our listeners have probably heard of? Sure. So let, let's start by just saying, what is a PD-5 inhibitor? PD-5 stands for phosphodiesterase type 5 inhibitor. And the way to think about it is that there are 11 different types of phosphodiesterases in the body that can be in the back, in the retina, in the, in, in the muscles. Well, the one that is in the penis is type five. And so it's specific for the penis, although it can have other effects in the body. That's why some patients who take a PD-5 inhibitor sometimes may have visual changes or they may have back pain. So these are very important drugs to help improve blood flow into the penile tissue. There are currently four commercially available PD-5 inhibitors in the U.S. market. There is, I'll give you the trade names, or Sildenafil, also known as Viagra, Bardenafil, also known as Levitra, uh, Tadalafil, also known as Cialis, and Avanafil, also known as Stendra. Okay. And I would assume that each of those medications has its own uh, situations where a doctor may choose to prescribe one over the other. And we don't have to get into the uh, exact components of that right now, but was that correct? That is absolutely correct. Each one has slightly different characteristics uh, that can be beneficial. The one thing that you do want to remember is that if a patient doesn't necessarily respond to one PD-5 inhibitor, they may respond to another. So sometimes you may want to switch from one to another. The other important point is that if someone has an adverse event or side effect, to one PD-5 inhibitor, they may not have a side effect to another. So that would be another indication to switch the medication. Can you give our listeners a basic overview of the erection process? And in particular, in the framework of how these medications can have a positive impact on erections? Sure. So you think of this as there is nerve neuronal input that goes into the penile tissue. What will occur then is you'll get a dilation of the, we call the cavernosal arteries that come down the center. These arteries then will fill what we call lacunar spaces. It's basically just uh, areas of muscle that will then expand. That muscle will then expand and compress the veins against the wall, and we call that wall the tunica albiginia. So essentially, it's a pretty clever system. The more blood that comes in, the greater you're compressing the wall and preventing further blood from coming out. If a patient is not able to compress the veins, 
he will develop something called venous leak. If he's not able to get blood flow to come into the penile tissue, that's called arterial insufficiency. And so many times we're trying to figure out, is this arterial insufficiency or venous leak? One thing that you can do that's very helpful is when you listen to the patient, they can say many times, doctor, I can obtain an erection, but I cannot maintain the erection. What he's essentially telling you is many times that he has venous leak. And venous leak is typically the first sign uh, of ED. So to that end, are both challenges with arterial flow and a venous leak potentially treated by a PD-5 inhibitor in that the expansion of, of the corpal cavernoso would also press on the veins going out? Or are these two separate components and two separate conditions? They're somewhat related, and, and this is why it's important. I think about venous leak and arterial insufficiency is inflow and outflow. So an erection is very simple. You basically have to have greater inflow than outflow. Let's use some simple units. If the inflow is 10 milliliters per second and the outflow is 12 milliliters per second, the patient will not be able to obtain an erection. He has venous leak. But if you give them a PD-5 inhibitor, you can increase the inflow to say 20 milliliters per second. So essentially, if someone has venous leak, you can use the PD-5 inhibitors to overcome the venous leak. Or if someone has arterial insufficiency, you can use the PD-5 inhibitors to increase the arterial inflow. So essentially, PD-5 inhibitors can be used for both patients who have venous leak and arterial insufficiency. Got it. So Dr. Kara, what exactly does this PDE5 inhibitor do? that would help the erection process. Right. So in order to have this dilation of the blood vessels, you have something called cyclic GMP. It helps dilate the vessels and increase the flow. Well, there is an enzyme called phosphodiesterase, which is bad, breaks down cyclic GMP, and therefore inhibits or prevents the patient from getting an erection. So the PD-5 inhibitor, phosphodiesterase inhibitor, inhibitor, blocks phosphodiesterase, so you increase cyclic GMP, and therefore you get an erection. Now, Dr. Carrot, are PDE5 inhibitors related to nitric oxide? Yes, they help increase nitric oxide within the blood vessels to help them dilate. Now, many medications can impact more than their intended region. So do PDE5 inhibitors cause other problems or other unwanted side effects throughout the body? I think you mentioned vision um, at the beginning of the episode. Are there other side effects to PDE5 inhibitors? Sure. There's several. The most common ones can be headache, nasal congestion, flushing of the face can occur as well. Um, Some people can get reflux, so uh, uh, gastroesophageal reflux disease. Um, So these are some of the more common conditions. But for example, if you use Tadalafil or Cialis, that is more specific for the phosphodiesterase located in the back muscles. So patients who use uh, Cialis may complain of more back pain. Patients who use Viagra, which is their phosphodiesterase, has more cross-reactivity with the eyes, the vision, can complain of blue-tinned visual changes. So each one of the phosphodiesterases their intention is to focus on type five and the penis, but they can cross react with other phosphodiesterases in the body and thus cause side effects. 
Dr. Kara, one of the misconceptions about these medications is that they should uh, facilitate or create an instant erection. And, and this is often not the case. How do you educate your patients about the need for stimulation and desire while using a PDE5 inhibitor? So you bring up a really important point because there's a lot of areas that need to be talked about and, 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 and educated with, to the patients. In other words, one is that you have to let them know that the erection will only occur with stimulation. That can be manual stimulation, physical stimulation, visual stimulation, but unless you're stimulated, you will not get the erection. So, so many patients think if I take this medication, will I walk around with an erection? The answer is no, unless you're stimulated. The other education that must come with these medications is that you really should try to take it on an empty stomach. Now, some of these medications say you can take it with food, and that's that's true, but I think you get the best results when you take it on an empty stomach. And you try to um, take it at least one to two hours before intercourse. Now, some of the medications like Avanafil can be taken sooner. Uh, the FDA approved Avanafil or Sendra to be taken or start as early as 15 minutes prior to intercourse. But typically, just the, the take-home message is try to take it early on an empty stomach to get the best results. Can I ask you to elaborate on why an empty stomach would particularly be helpful or beneficial for these medications? Sure, because when you, if food, the ingestion of food decreases the absorption of the medication. Okay, that's really, really interesting because I, I have encountered in my practice where sometimes the first time a uh, man encounters erectile dysfunction is after eating a big meal and um, trying to you know go from you know, a restaurant back home. Um, and while that digestion process is taking place, that seems to be the first time that they encountered erectile dysfunction. Of course, subsequently, all sorts of anxieties can you know, then develop for that person. But it sounds like that's part of why it's beneficial to do this on an empty stomach, correct? That, that is correct. Now, I just want you to remember, when do most patients want to take the Viagra or these medications, the PD-500, they want to take it after they have a great meal with a couple glasses of wine, and then they go home and they want to take the medication. And that's not the best time to take the medication. The best time to take the medication is before you go out to dinner, before you have your meal and your glass of wine. It makes a big difference. The problem is that many men say it's hard for me to plan you know, I don't know. And I say, I, I realize, but if you want the greatest efficacy for the medication, try to take it before you go out to dinner. Now, after gaining an erection with a PDE5 inhibitor, how long should it last? Well, the erection should last until climax, just like you would have had until uh, if you were not taking the PDE5 inhibitor. So if a patient after climax should get detumescence of the penile tissue, um, just like they would have if they had not taken it. Really, it's not. Uh, it's extremely rare. It's listed in the package insert that some patients may develop priapism, which is a prolonged erection lasting greater than four hours. I have not seen that in my practice in the past 21 years uh, as a resident or in practice, but uh, it can be a potential risk. And once a man climaxes, the erection should should dissipate. Is that correct? That's exactly right. That's different from other types of treatment options. For example, some patients will go on to get penile injections. This is called Trimix or it's called Edex, which is a medication where they inject the medication to the penile tissue. This will uh, provide an erection, but even if the man 
achieves climax, uh, he still will remain erect. And that is not the case with these PD5 inhibitors. They should D2MS or, or the erection should go down. So Dr. Kara, PD5 inhibitors are considered to be very effective medications for many men. In your experience, how prevalent is the use of a PD5 inhibitor among younger men, say in their 20s and 30s? So we know that many patients now get their medications online. Uh, they are not either getting from a compounding pharmacy. So you don't know the real true number. All you know is what is being prescribed at the pharmacies. You also have to understand that there's a phenomenon in the United States with uh, online uh, men's health companies. You may have heard of HIMSS and Roman, where they you can go on your phone, on an app, you can then meet with a physician, and they will send you a Viagra discreetly in the mail. And so those are not being recorded. And I think that the number of men, young men that are using these medications, whether it be recreationally, whether it be whether they need it or not, I think is higher than we think. And I think that we're just not seeing those numbers. Remember that younger men tend to suffer from psychogenic ED, uh, meaning the psychological reason why they can't get the erection. And the PD-5 inhibitors are very effective also in men who suffer from psychogenic ED. And I think in my experience and agreement with what you're saying is that many of the men who are in their 20s and 30s generally do not have an underlying medical condition that's contributing to or is the primary driver of their ED. Uh, but like you're pointing out, the medication still can have a really positive effect, even if they're not addressing that psychological part. Yes. And so I'll tell you how I treat the psychogenic ED, which I think is very beneficial. I typically have these men use daily Tadalafil or daily Cialis, because what happens is I don't want them to have to take a pill every time they engage in sexual activity as a reminder. So when they take the daily Tadalafil, many of the men can once again achieve a great erection without having to take a pill on demand. And after several months, three months, once they feel confident and they see that everything is going well, we start titrating down the medication. And many of these men, despite titrating down, will still get a very good erection. So you have to understand what's going on through the psyche of these young men. So when a young man has erectile dysfunction, do you know what he typically does when he engages in sexual activity the next time? He spends a lot of that time saying, I hope I don't get ED. He perseverates on the fact that he had ED last time, and he's hoping that he's not going to get it again. And the second he starts doing that, he's going to start getting ED because he's spending more time worried instead of enjoying the experience. So we try to break, I, call, I tell the patients, I'm trying to break the cycle and to show you that everything is fine. And then we will start titrating the Tadalafil back out. And it's a, it's an interesting intervention. I, I, I have heard from other prescribers that sometimes they will uh, tell the patient to fill the script and not even use the medication uh, if, it, if it has a really strong psychogenic component. And sometimes that in and of itself um, can help to break that cycle as well. So one of the questions I was going to ask you, and I, I would like to kind of sharpen this a little bit more because I think it's just an interesting discussion is for men who are experiencing what is clearly psychogenic ED, in your opinion, is medication an appropriate long-term treatment option if a man just doesn't want to deal with the uh, psychological or relationship issues? So, you know, I think that psychogenic ED is best treated by sex therapists. I mean, you know, to me, the giving the medication is just a Band-Aid on a problem, but not treating the core root of the problem. And sex therapy, psychotherapy, 
uh, is actually addressing the core root of the problem. So I think that that is probably the most beneficial way to treat psychogenic ED. However, many men don't want to see a sex therapist and they say, doctor, just give me the pill. And so you're kind of in this uh, bind here because, you know, they hear what you're saying, but they just want to take the pill. So I always offer these patients sex therapy. We have a, two fantastic sex therapists that work with us and um, the patients get a referral, but many times they just want the pill. And that's a common thing. I think throughout any sex therapist practice, something that I see very commonly is that many men do prefer to have a medication. And I definitely can understand the bind that it puts you in. So Dr. Kara, to wrap up, one of the things I'm also interested to know, and I think our listeners would also want to know about this, is whether a man can develop a dependency on a PDE5 inhibitor. I know you mentioned also that there is a phenomenon of recreational use, but can that lead to a man needing a PDE5 inhibitor in order to achieve an erection? So I think uh, the dependency would be more of a psychogenic dependency. In other words, if a man uh, associates his ability to get an erection only when he takes the pill, then psychologically, he feels that he needs it every time, whether he truly needs it or not, he's going to be psychologically dependent on that pill. And if he doesn't take the pill, he may develop anxiety, uh, which may prohibit his ability to get the best erection he could. Many patients say, well, I become resistant to this medication also if I take it over time. Remember that ED is a progressive disease. Statistically, 40% of men at 40 have ED. Think about that. That's a lot of men. 50% at 50, 60 at 60, 70 at 70, coming to 100, near to 100%, near to 100. So if ED is a progressive disease, your Viagra stops working, not because you become resistant to it. It's because the disease has progressed to where the Viagra can no longer be effective. And so we didn't talk about this, but one of the biggest things that you can do to help reverse the ED process is lifestyle modification. It's diet, exercise, sleep. These have all been shown. Uh, reducing your stress can all help tremendously um, with helping reverse the ED process. And I ask patients who suffer from psychogenic ED to also modify their lifestyle as well, because these things can help. And those lifestyle adjustments can also help uh, alleviate some of the uh, psychogenic components as well in terms of how men just feel about themselves, uh, even the way they look, uh, the way they eat and whatnot. Now, I just want to clarify. So if I'm understanding you correctly, the body does not develop a specific dependency. If, if anything, this would be a psychological dependency where a man believes he cannot perform without it, but the body itself does not acclimate to that you know, level of PDE5 inhibition, and without it, it could no longer perform. Is that correct? We, I, have, I have not seen any data to support that. That is correct. Okay. Very important, I think, for our listeners to hear. Dr. Kara, thank you very much for joining us. This has been very informative for myself. I'm sure the listeners are going to benefit tremendously as we get a lot of questions about PDE5 inhibitors. And a lot of the uh, questions that we discussed today were actually based on those. So Again, thank you very much for your time, and I hope that we can host you in the future for another episode. My pleasure. Thank you so much for having me on the show. 
If you listen to this podcast regularly, you know there is a huge mental component that goes into achieving an erection. Mark Goldberg, the certified sex therapist who hosts this podcast, felt as though this was a very underserved topic of education in men's health. That's why he designed Beyond the Little Blue Pill, the thinking man's guide to addressing ED. The course is designed to educate and fundamentally help you change the way you think about erections. Check it out at erectioniq.com front slash course. You can explore three modules of this course completely free. See if there's something in there that can help you. erectioniq.com slash course and you can learn more there. Thanks for listening to the Erectile Dysfunction Radio Podcast. For more information on today's topic and understanding how the mind impacts erectile dysfunction, please visit erectioniq.com.